Uh, right, hello everybody. Welcome to today's podcast. It's the 11th of May 2020. Uh, and this is Adrian Boothy here, Head of Trading at TrendSignal. And in today's uh, TrendSignal Trading Podcast, uh, we're talking about all things to do with the recovery, uh, Boris Johnson's statement, looking at the equity markets, looking at the forex markets, commodities, etc. And looking at how the tech stocks are taking these markets to further highs um, and uh, some massive moves on those, uh, on some stocks at least anyway. Uh, so we're going to get into all of that. Uh, I'm joined today as ever by Jerry Miller, our chief uh, analyst and CEO. Hello, Hi, Jerry. Hi there. How are you? Uh, yeah, not bad. Not bad. Sun shining, a bit cold, but yeah, all, all, all together. Good, good. Um, so do you want to kick us off then, uh, Jerry? Uh, okay, uh, just have a, a little uh, look back at what's happened over the past uh, seven days. Um, yeah, crikey. Um, Equities actually had an okay week last week. Um, it was a bit of a sort of a weird week with um, our market uh, closed for our particular observance of the um, 75th anniversary of uh, the Victory in Europe Day. Uh, but the previous week you had uh, May Day celebrations uh, on Friday the 1st. So it's been a bit of an odd time, but generally the markets are doing all right. Uh, the FTSE, that climbed about 150 points, which is quite interesting when you think about during the week eight, and we had the Bank of England um, forecasting uh, last week that the pandemic is going to push the UK economy into its deepest recession in 300 years, which mm. is extraordinary. Um, but it's sort of what people know um, is likely to have happened or will happen, uh, an output plunging almost 30% in the first half of this year. And still the FTSE managed a pretty decent move higher, what, 2.6%. Uh, American markets did pretty well. Uh, the Dow up another 660 points uh, last week, that's 2.8%. Uh, and the a lot more closely followed S&P 500, that was up 105 points, that's 3.7%, uh, which is an astonishing performance in Europe. Uh, the may, uh, major boss, like, for example, uh, the DAX or JER30, as we refer to on our uh, on charting center, uh, up uh, just 89 points. That was sort of slightly um, confused because the market was actually closed the previous Friday um, when um, it would have fallen uh, last Friday, the previous Friday. That's 10 days ago, 11 days ago. Um, so actually, it, it did actually better than those numbers suggest. Um, but the S&P, wow, we're back at levels that it was seen last September, if you can, uh, mm. you know, so we, we can see where we are now, which is extraordinary, absolutely extraordinary. It's back to September levels as if nothing has happened. Obviously, it's rallied since then. But look at the NASDAQ. You already mentioned the tech stock index. This is the, the one where all the big tech stocks uh, normally list. Uh, up 6% last week. That is just extraordinary. But more extraordinary, it's now up on the year. It's up. Yes. It's, uh, it's, it's broken the, uh, you know, it's back up in positive territory. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at, you know, if you're actually watching the, the video of this or, the, you know, live uh, on it, the, you know, 87106 uh, or something like that, it, it finished the year on the NASDAQ uh, 100 cash uh, index and, of course, rallied significantly um, in the first couple of months or so. But, mm. yeah, we've been above it for a little while now. It's probably that's best part of what, um, seven or eight percent higher um, yeah, on the year yeah. now. It's extraordinary. It, 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 is, it is extraordinary. But it, it it's you know, that's happened a lot this week. Of course, we set back at the end of the previous week. So to see it recover and just power ahead is extraordinary. And of course, that all-time high, Adrian, that's not that far away. I mean... It's not now, is it? Yeah. 
well, you know, it could do that. Well, in a couple it's, it's of about six percent. It's about what we moved in the week. So, oh, you, you know. yeah, that's right. That's right. So, um, it is eyeing up an all-time high, which is just weird. Uh, and I was reading some research put out by one of the French banks. I'm not sure. I think it might have been Socgen saying that this bear market is not behaving like any bear market they've seen before. In that, mm. and I think the reason why is that it started with a very very quick reaction by central banks they're used to this after all they learned a lot of mistakes in the great financial crisis and they basically turned on the monetary taps within a week literally mm. uh, and governments have followed this up by some extraordinary measures the furloughing schemes the business loans the payment holidays uh, everything it is extraordinary assistance and and the uk uh, it's one of the most generous um, nations in terms of its um, what it's provided to, to to support its economy. I think it's fifth. If there was a league table, and there is, uh, I think they're fifth in it, with the US either first or second. Um, and of course, the problem is some of the less well-off developing nations and some of the overburdened developed nations. And I, I'm talking about Italy here. We've got a huge. Um, um, debt overhang, uh, they can't afford to engage in, in, in that much more. Uh, and that particular economy may, may, may struggle in the, in the weeks and the months and the quarters to come, as it were, uh, as, as indeed we all were, will, but that one particularly will. Um, so yeah, it, it's odd. Uh, other markets as well last week. Just, just, um, just as a quick, um, just a quick on idea. I don't have the the, the, the MIB up here, but we've got the, uh, the Spanish, the Ibex uh, here, and you can see that, you know, February it was trading over 10,000. Um, it's now 6,700. So it's it's still down 30, 35 percent or, or whatever, or didn't change. But the recovery. Look at the the lack of recovery that it's had. Okay, FTSE hasn't had um, a great recovery, but certainly more meaningful than uh, than that in percentage terms. And yeah. and as I say, the, the the stark contrast with the Nasdaq, which is you know only five or six percent away. And it just goes to show how isolated perhaps the recovery is in really those tech uh, those tech stocks jerry you know the likes of the amazons of this world well that, that's you're quite right i mean when you look at the likes of google amazon microsoft netflix they've all performed extraordinarily well and as we were saying before we went on air here that amazon i mean it's tacked on 300 billion dollars in value um since the start of the uh, coronavirus uh, epidemic it's extraordinary mm. i mean it, it Try magicking $300 billion worth of gains from other stocks. Uh, just, it's almost impossible to comprehend. And of course, this is the reason why indices have gone higher. Would you buy the index? Would you buy these individual stocks, Odin? Google, Amazon, Microsoft, Netflix? Would you go near hospitality? How cheap does hospitality stocks and travel stocks and all those stocks related to them? We talked about airlines and what about rolls royce crikey well I mean, th th this is the thing when you think about equities in general you think oh my word the stock market's really re you know recovered quite well all things considered but there's such a stark contrast between the different um uh, sectors so technology doing very well and as yeah we had this conversation before about the likes of rolls royce or companies build air the airplanes are the likes of british airways and so on are they going to be buying airplanes at the moment or are they just going to refurb the ones that they've got just to reduce their costs a little bit well they'll, they'll retire a lot of big planes. struggling big, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah yeah they don't need to buy new ones if they're retiring planes are they they're cutting down their fleet 
so any old planes that do need refurbing are, are off. That's it. And will they be buying any more planes? Oh, no, no. Uh, so Airbus, crikey, look at Airbus. They employ 35,000 people with a lot employed here in the UK. Um, obviously, aerospace um, uh, stocks, um, Rolls-Royce, British Aerospace. I mean, they're just they're in the firing line big time. But of course, those stocks get beaten up. There's the only downside to them is zero. Uh, and they've come off a lot. Whereas on the upside, companies can increase carry on increasing value those delivering services adrian over the internet um, and there are a lot of them and so when you think about all those tech stocks those real big heavyweights google what do they need they don't make anything physical not well not really i know the owner i think they bought motorola phones or whatever but it's more for the technology amazon wow extraordinary and you know someone reminded me in the workshop today that uh, but they don't make any money they're not making profits, they're losing money at the moment. Well, that's because they're wanting to spend even more money than they're generating to get more market share, to get the infrastructure even yeah. more uh, um, spread so that they can gain more and more market share and get more people using their services. Well, because they... and this is a frightening thing, Jerry, I think. If you think, you know, a lot of people talking about, oh, what is the new normal going to be? You know, our, our, our patterns of, existence going to change you know are more people going to work from home and so on i think this is really bad news for the high street because i think people are now going to get even more used to buying stuff online than they were before um so mm -hmm. actually it's it's it, it falls into amazon's hands not just right now but going forward with our behavior patterns changing yeah i mean the, the uk strangely has been is quite a way ahead of a lot of other economies in that we, we do a lot of online buying it's just always been the case but i do think though in these lockdown times uh, where a lot of people are suffering from lockdown fever we will we want to go out almost for any reason literally any reason um and i do think when the restrictions are eased that i'm sure there will be that move to go back and visit those shops that we used to visit because they do sometimes provide a bit of inspiration as much as anything else but i do think you're right i, I was listening to one of the radio four programs over the weekend and they had martin sorrell on and you know he set up this new um, sort of digital advertising company that's made quite a lot of acquisitions over the last sort of 15 18 months and i, I I hope I've got my facts right, but he basically was saying that, you know, because they've been so successful at working from home, they're, they're looking to reduce their office capacity uh, mm. by quite a lot, simply because they've realized they don't need it. And it is a significant cost. Uh, and I, so I do fear for some of the sort of commercial property sector. Commercial property funds. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, we talked about, I think we talked about this a few weeks ago in uh, in the podcast, and there was, because a lot of the commercial property, you, a lot of people think you probably, they own them outright. No, there's a lot of more lending on them, you know, and if suddenly they might have 30% lending uh, on their portfolio, perhaps, I remember, I seem to remember one fund was saying. But of course, you know, if things then fall 30%, then there's nothing left in, in the in the fund itself. Well, I, um, yeah, and I, if all I, the tenants are, are not paying rent, then of course that's the income that generally these commercial property funds are for, is to generate an income of 4% maybe for the investor. Well, there ain't going to be much of that going around if there's not no, many tenants. No. Uh, it's, and you, it's a, you, you know, for commercial property managers, they, they, they can't um, evict anyone now. That's not allowed. Uh, that's one of the rules brought in by the government and so if someone can't pay their uh, rent um, they, they're basically getting a holiday but they still have to pay it uh, when they, that holiday ends uh, we don't know but it, it, it's 
come at a, a tough time and you only need then the assets to fall. As you said, I, I think you'll find that quite a few property companies to get a decent return for their shareholders, their, their gearing is a bit more than 30%. Mm. Um, so, you know, if, if they do lose, if property prices fall by 20%, they could really struggle. I mean, really, really struggle. Um, well, then it, it becomes a cash flow issue, doesn't it? Because if they're not receiving rent from X percentage of their tenants, then they've got a cash flow that half hour along. And yeah, well, they, they they're not paying off their. Um, they've got to pay their debt, the interest on their debt. That's right. Absolutely. Uh, and and you know, do they breach their their banking covenants? Do the banks actually enforce the breach, or do they all stick their heads in the sand and hope it goes away in a few months' time? But I don't know. I, it it just doesn't feel like it's going to. I mean, you know, we looked at the opposite that we have, Adrian, and mm. you know. If we can work successfully in home, why would you rush to get back to work? I do think there is a good reason to go back to work. Having said that, I'm not, I'm not trying to argue with myself, but I think there's a lot of people who will miss the social interaction. And let's face it, we are humans, quite social animals. And yeah. I think we need, we need that element in our lives. So I, I think just to I say, agree. that's it, we'll work from home now, it's fine. It's not I, fine. I, I agree. I, I, you know, I said right at the start, I mean, I'm quite worried about the mental health of our of our uh, employees that you know, mm. being be, being at home suddenly, I mean, it's, it's arguably okay for me in inverted commas, because I've got my, my wife and kids. But if you're living on your own, that's a pretty isolated thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. You, well, know, you need a bit more than that. You go around the bend, wouldn't you? I think. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, it's it, it can it can be tough, and I think that's starting to what I, I can see that sort of happening a little bit, and I think that's one of the reasons why some of the these conditions have been relaxed, and and that is something I thought we'd be talking about in more detail in today's podcast, but it turns out that you know the media had built up the whole Boris Johnson. Uh, uh, speech last night uh, and what he was going to do and what he wasn't going to do and all this sort of stuff and the media built it all up and the media sort of now blaming the government and Boris Johnson for not relaxing things but this is it's just not right and 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 we were talking uh, again uh, earlier on today about some of the countries where there are they're experiencing new outbreaks they you yeah. know you, you, you've got I mean China's done pretty well, but they've now also got fresh outbreaks. The first the first uh, reported cases in Wuhan uh, for quite some time. Germany, wow. Germany, yeah. which was held up as a, a the the example in Europe of how to handle the situation, have now got a, an R rate or this reinfection or reproduction rate of greater than 1, 1.1, 1. 1, which basically means for every 10 people that get the virus, 11 other people will be infected by those 10 people. That's basically where the the, the, the number of cases will increase. South mm. Korea. So we're all looking at this and thinking, oh gosh, do we want to be doing what they've done? And I- That's I, the thing. I think a lot of people were hoping for and expecting some sort of, sort of big wholesale changes from Boris and a bit disappointed with what, with what he came out with. But mm. no, essentially he's got to, you've got to phase it in. You've got to, you've got to make small changes, i.e. Know, doing a bit more exercise, but still in your own groups. So what they're doing is going to see if they, we get any reaction to that, and that's going to take a couple of weeks to find out whether there's a reaction to that, whether there's you know that, whether that makes a change. So it's got to be slowly phased in, and uh, I think it disappointed a lot of people, and there was a, a lack of clarity on his short statement over certain things. But you know, there's a 50-page document coming out today, isn't there? And yeah. um, 
but that, you know the clarity will be in there uh, in, in, I'm the, in the detail no i agree i agree and i i i just think one thing i do know and i know you're not a scientist and you're certainly not a, a, a in the medical profession and neither mm. am i and i often say a little knowledge is a dangerous thing and i, I can read mm. up and i'm well i'm reasonably switched on i can understand stuff but boris johnson the government they are not they're not professional medical professionals and they're not scientists either so they have to take everything from this sage committee and that's made up of a lot of diverse diverse groups and they come to a consensus and we we have to we have to react or they have to react to what the scientific advice is and to suggest that we should give a we should, the government should be telling us what we should do in two three four weeks time how on earth do we know what's going to be happening in three or four weeks time Absolutely. And, and this because, is the thing, people want to plan. I mean, you know, people yeah. are saying, oh, I want to plan this. I want to know when I can do this. When are the kids come You can't because things will change. Mm. It's a moving, movable uh, feast. Mm. It, it's interesting seeing some of the uh, imagery that's going around. I mean, I was looking at reading this on marketwatch.com earlier, Jerry, and it's a picture of a, uh, a plane uh, from the 9th of May. Um, trying to. <laughs> it's yeah. just. I mean, that's extraordinary. I, I mean, obviously, I don't, you know, we're not in the States, not quite sure what the, the press are making of it all out there. But here, that would never happen here uh, right now, would it? You, well, you would how, how on earth? You only need one person who's got that bug in that plane. And you've got, forget about an R rate of one, that R rate will be 25 on that plane. Yeah. And those, however many people then get it, those people will then go on and you just you have to realize geographically yeah. too you know it's part, part of the the thing with wales um with boris johnson's statement didn't make it perhaps quite as clear that that was really just about england um and wales have their own plan as to scotland as to northern ireland and you know just jumping over the bridge um from england to wales has a totally different uh, way of being so if you want to do some exercise in wales and you just jump just jumping over the Severn bridge then you know, technically, you'd be uh, sort of breaking the law because actually in Wales, they've been OK. The, the, the spread hasn't been quite as big as it has in other places. So they don't want everyone suddenly doing their um, unlimited exercise. Um, the, in, the, uh, the, North Wales the thing is, the, the weird thing is we're a United Kingdom, of course, and the, and the advice the government gets, the government is for the United Kingdom. But because of the, the sort of uh, devolved nature of uh, Scotland and the Welsh Parliament, they can make up their own decisions on these things. But it does seem a bit weird that people in the UK can go out in the sunshine and sit in a park and meet up with one other person as long as they remain socially distant, i.e. Uh, six feet. Um, but if you drive over the fourth, uh, sorry, the, the, the Seven Bridge into Wales, you potentially can be fined, um, mm. which is sort of independence but not the sort of independence that the welsh or the scots imagined i guess um, but uh, I, I think that's fairly innocuous myself uh, i think a lot of that they reckon that the spread of a virus um, outside is a lot less likely and if you're only meeting one person six feet away then yeah, i think that's a low level sort of risk in my opinion yeah i certainly don't fancy um you know that uh uh, was it United Airlines? What is it? That flight from Newark, uh, Newark Airport to, uh, I don't know. I don't even know where it was going to. It doesn't really matter. I know, I know I'm not on it, though. I don't want to be on it. Um, it fascinating. Uh, Shanghai, Disneyland, that's uh, that's reopened. Um, I don't yeah. quite sure how that's going to work, but, you know, it's, it, it, it's well, open. They, Imagine how long made, the queues are going to be now. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they've made the effort to distance, haven't they? But you just think, come on. Well, that's not two uh, meters, is it? No, it doesn't look like it.
I, I, I just, anyway, listen, these companies, these businesses are suffering so much. Uh, that's Shanghai. Good luck to them. But I mean, you know, we talked about commuting, Adrian, you know, mm. I mean, a tube train, they reckon they can only realistically take 10% of what they would normally take. Uh, in which case, if you need to commute to get to your manufacturing company or your construction site, or whatever you're doing, how on earth are you going to take public transport? Um, bikes, maybe, scooters, you walk, you run. Uh, a lot of this is just totally impractical where someone lives in the east end of London and works in the, in the west end or even further west. It just well, it's interesting. It's interesting about the sort of the cycling and running, uh, cycling in particular. The so I think I guess it was the CEO of Halfords was on Wake Up to Money this morning. I don't know if you heard him, but mm-hmm. um, just talking about actually they're they're slightly ahead of where they expected to be this quarter because whilst people are doing less journeys for their cars, they're mm. get an absolute hat load of people out on their bikes. Um, yeah. And uh, so so that's doing pretty well. Um, yeah. And actually, I think I think they're doing some sort of 32 point. What they're trying to do is get people back on the back on their bikes. They're doing some sort of free 32 point. I don't know why I'm doing some sort of advert for Halfords here. But, yeah. uh, it's a free uh, free health check for your bike. You can go and take it in. Of course, what they want to do is then sell you another helmet and sell you all the other bits and pieces. Yeah. You, you know, I, 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 it, nothing is free. Businesses. Yeah, that's right. But there's a lot of businesses that are you know doing doing okay out of this, and it's interesting. Even Halfords, that you you think of more as a car company. Um, actually been okay um, i guess uh, are they allowed um, people into their shops i'm not sure yeah, yeah. Have, i don't uh, think they've closed uh, that many they've still got something like 400 stores shops. Open. You're, you're right they've been left open you're quite right you're quite right yes but you know going it's a bit like quick fit will check your tires to see if they're not worn out knowing full well that most people when they get their tires checked are probably worn out anyway and it's just a way of getting business um, yeah. but good luck to Halfords uh, there's got to be winners and there certainly are some and they are definitely put them in one of the winning uh, brackets mm. not in hospitality and not in travel or leisure no, no. Or being, a, being a publican gosh what um okay so what about the fx markets and the commodity markets last week uh, jerry yeah interesting it it, it it seems that there was a, still a little bit of safe haven buying of the dollar. Um, what have you got there? If you put up the Mark euro, the maybe. Okay, sterling, yeah, that'll do. Um, sterling um, fell marginally. When you look at where it was around the 1st of May, was it? Uh, that was the previous Friday. Yeah, it moved, so less than a cent, really. I mean, it had a mm-hmm. bit of a volatile time of it. Um, but selling is sort of held in there, really. Uh, but generally across the board, there was a bit of safe haven buying of the dollar. So the euro weakened, sterling weakened, but the yen rallied against the dollar. Uh, and that's also, the yen is regarded as a bit of a safe haven as well. Um, I know that's not the case today, uh, but yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. at, we're, we're talking about what happened last week. Um, yeah. um, so so this uh, safe haven buying of the dollar and the Japanese yen was apparent last week. Um, but relative to the other moves that we've seen more recently, excluding today, of course, um, we've um, uh, we're not uh, the markets have definitely calmed down a little bit. Um, gold market, precious metals, golly, they've uh, continued to trade close to their multi-year highs, haven't they, Adrian? Um, yeah. I know gold fractionally higher uh, last week, uh, but sort of it, it's interesting when a market sort of makes a big move following the sell-off after the um, panic uh, the covid panic 
when everyone, all these funds and investors were just selling anything they could, including gold, ironically. And that's the reason why you saw that big sell-off in gold all the way down um, in March. And then it just recovered and we're back up to where mm. I think it should be. But the volatility that we should, there's a lot of indecision over the last sort Absolutely, of month yeah. now in gold. It's like, We've come up here. Oh gosh, now where do we go? You, you say you say that in gold. I think a lot of instruments are like this. That sort of really choppiness. You're sort of the higher high, uh, lower highs, higher lows. It's sort of congesting um, together, isn't it? And you see, saw, saw something similar with uh, pound dollar. Um, yeah. That's getting suddenly yeah. broke. It got into this really sort of tight range. Uh, Euro dollar uh, as well, much tighter than it has been not just in the last sort of February and March, but actually prior to that, it's sort of tied to ranges. So this sort of explosive mm. couple of days and then it sort of you know, comes back a little bit. So it's been quite a lot of that in other markets too. And what about yeah. oil, uh, Jerry? Uh, oil, gosh, uh, yeah, energy sector uh, made, um, managed to sort of stage a recovery, uh, recovering some lost ground last week. Uh, I think investors have started to take a, a slightly more realistic view of the recovery in oil demand. So we've got, Certainly, we've said goodbye to those headlines of negative oil uh, price. I know we were. I know you should show uh, people the picture of that uh, chap in the bath. Which I think well, yeah, let's look at that. I mean, it's, it's an interesting one from a trading perspective. And some of you may or may not be aware. In Europe, we had the, you know, ESMA um, enforced uh, changes that uh, over the last couple of years for retail traders, where historically your account could go into a negative amount. So if you trading on margin and you lose more than that margin by sort of gap up or gap down or you know, so let's say you've got a 5% margin and suddenly it gaps down 5% and you're fully invested in that market, you could actually end up in a position where you are negative, you owe the broker money. Um, but uh, with those margin changes, it was a, it got to a point where actually you're not, you had zero balance protection, so you couldn't go uh, below that. And it's a similar sort of thing uh, with some of the futures brokers uh, as well. I don't know if it's a, a US-wide thing, but there's a, I mean, this is not the guy, but there's a, an article uh, here with a, somebody, and there's going to be quite a lot of this because with oil going sub zero, actually, there's a lot of people trading oils. It was absolutely dying that day, going from what, $18 uh, down to minus 37, I think it was uh, on the day. Uh, that was a significant fall. And of course, a lot of people would have been looking at that oil futures price, even though it expired within the next sort of 24 hours, looking at it at 50 cents, $2, $3, thinking, well, that's got, how low can it go? It can't keep going further down, can it? Can't go below it, zero, surely. Yes, people sort of thinking, well, at 20 cents, surely I've got to buy, so buy a barrel of that. Um, but yeah, people were, as somebody here, so, uh, talking here, somebody with $77,000 on their account, uh, he started buying crude at $3.30 a barrel, uh, and then more and more and more, uh, until eventually it, he'd lost that much that it actually turned into owing the broker $9 million. Uh, um, which is uh, obviously uh, quite an amount. But of course, that's going to be written off because they interactive brokers had a um, below zero protection, so you couldn't actually go below that. So, But that money has to be paid to the, to the counterparty, the someone on the other side of that trade. So that's actually something that interactive brokers are going to have to wear. Uh, and well, what they've talked about it is it's a $113 mistake, effectively. Not just this client, but other clients that they had doing something similar. So whilst the brokers have seen a significant increase in activity and lots of lovely commissions coming through and so on, 
my word, uh, there's some bad debts floating around that they've got yeah, to make good. I mean, that can still that that can still be enforced because I'm sure that guy's a professional trader. But well, it how depends. You gonna, how are you going to uh, get yeah. nine million from a guy who may only be worth a million or half a million? You don't know. I mean, it's. Uh, yeah. I mean, it just goes to show you that never buy something because it's cheap or sell something because it's expensive. They're all relative terms. And we flagged this up in our podcast before the market fell, if you recall, because we said at the time, there is no storage places mm -hmm. left. Anyone who owns oil is going to have to pay someone to take it off their hands because you're not allowed to dump it. It's environmentally not. You get fined millions of dollars. Look at BP spilling the Gulf. So this, yeah. this mad panic. The price didn't go below zero as it were. What happened is people had to pay other people to take the oil off their hands, which effectively meant it was trading below zero. It was the storage capacity that was costing the earth. Uh, but mm. it's just extraordinary times. Anyway, the markets have picked up. And what's extraordinary is that, you know, when I report US oil was up $6.50 last week, you think, yeah, that's quite a, it's bounced quite a lot. You know, UK oil was up $4.50 or yeah. whatever, but $6.40, that's 32%. 32. Yeah. 32%. Like, even things like the, the ATR, so the normal range of a candlestick, you know, actually the size of the candlesticks have stayed the same, if not slightly bigger than they were, and yet the price is less than half. So it means that, you know, all other things being equal, it's moving at least double, maybe even triple the speed at which it was before in percentage terms. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's percentages, you know, you know, they look mad, really. But I guess with crude trading at such low prices, you know, when you get a two or three dollar rally, you're going to get a big percentage move. And that's just the way it is. But I think there is this realization that crude oil usage will pick up. But gosh, I still think it's going to take a long time. And it's hardly something to celebrate um, US oil trading at 25 bucks. I mean, what does that mean? I mean, a lot of these companies, we, we've discussed this before, Adrian, they need $40, $50 a barrel to make money. Mm. You know, this, is, this is still a, an outright disaster. And we still, you know, we know what the, the facts we do know is that oil demand has fallen by 30%. Oil production has fallen by 10%. Work that one yeah. out. Well, well, the way you work it out, I, I wonder, are we, are we going to have a big skid like we did here towards the expiry of the um, May contract in the end of April? Are we going to have a similar skid in the next few days because of the same storage capacity issues? I don't know. I think well, time will tell. I think this is, a, I think, a bigger move than perhaps you or I. But certainly, uh, I think one message is if you start to see it getting completely killed again over the next week to 10 uh, just be a little bit mindful uh, of that guy in the bath, uh, I would say. Yeah. Um, although, like I would say from, from earlier, that you know, actually there is zero balance protection. If you're a retail client um, trading a sort of CFD spread betting with a, a proper regulated broker, I should say, a regulated broker, uh, then there is that zero um, balance protection. So you can't go below what you put into your account. So, uh, which is which is reassuring. Although, uh, if you're going to take a trade like that, probably worth checking with them before you do. <laughs> um, yeah. Should we quickly go through the calendar because we're uh, we, we, we're definitely overrunning a touch. So um, we've got a few bits um, for this week. Obviously, uh, non-farm payroll last week. Do you want to quickly touch on that, um, non, uh, Jerry? And then we'll go uh, yeah, non-farm non payroll. Gosh, what an appalling number! And 
um, we've sort of had a good handle on it anyway. When I say had a good handle on it anyway, because we knew what the consensus was for uh, the non-farm employment change. The fact that it comes out at 20,500,000 is like, oh, and you know, as you're showing there, uh, I say you're showing there, I'm not actually looking at what you're showing, yeah. but you are showing it, yeah. Uh, it was better than consensus, so it's in green. Wow, better number. Yeah. Um, it was but, only but, 20 million. Brilliant. But, the, yeah. but this is the worst since, you know, the great financial crisis, and it's probably going to get, you know, continue to get worse. Um, and 14.7% unemployment. I mean, we knew what these numbers were going to be roughly, uh, but they were just a bit better than some of the worst predictions. And that's one of the reasons why the market it had a pretty decent day on Friday and that washed over into the Far East with, you know, the People's Bank of China talking about um, 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 easing uh, some of their uh, uh, lending criteria. Uh, mm. prioritize, and I'm not sure what they meant by prioritizing the real economy, whatever that means. <laughs> what, a fake economy? I mean, <laughs> anyway, so, so news from the central bank in China overnight, uh, Sunday night, Monday morning, this morning, uh, and obviously what happened with non-farm payroll last week has, has set the tone this morning, although the tone is, is weakened a little bit uh, whilst we've been on air, Adrian. But uh, yes, yeah, so, so non-farm payroll, not bad at all. Doesn't real mean um, against inflation? Well, they're, they're, well, I don't know quite maybe, what that maybe, means when you talk about the real economy, but maybe it was their clumsy use of um, English or the clumsy interpretation uh, by um, the FT. But uh, prioritising the real economy, uh, I'm not sure. I think it's just em emphasis. Maybe it's just words. When you look at it, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, no. Okay. So what are the highlights for the for the calendar for the week? So. Um... Okay, yeah, it's, it, it normally after non-farm payroll, things sort of quieten down a little bit on the calendar, and, th and this week is a little bit the same. There's really not much out uh, today at all. Um, we have to go to tomorrow uh, to get the first bit of data out, and that's, uh, as you can see, is the uh, inflation data. Uh, and it's the core number we look at, Adrian, as, as we all know. Uh, the core number excludes more volatile components uh, like food, um, and, well, there ain't any inflation. Um, it should really be called the core deflationary number, um, still yeah. CPI. Uh, but the worry is definitely to the downside, Adrian. And with I with oil, oil prices, yeah, oil plummeting. Any anyone that makes anything using oil, uh, believe it or not, fertilizers, uh, plastics, uh, all sorts of stuff in the industrial processes, and then of course all the logistics. Uh, a lot of a lot of goods uh, are. Um, delivered obviously by road rail air or used to be and uh, still are in fact um but uh, and those costs have just been plummeting so uh, mm. the costs uh, of goods um, unfortunately coming down which is not good for businesses businesses need inflation if you're a businessman and you're planning your budget for the year you need to know that you have a bit of pricing power where you can raise prices but if there's no chance and there isn't at the moment it's quite difficult to invest in more uh, of your infrastructure to make more revenues when you know you can't get more revenues by pushing your prices up. So inflation... Especially when inflation staff is... always want their annual pay rise, don't they? So oh, uh, that's just yeah, feeds yeah. into, into profits. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. 
Um, okay, so um, official interest rates are from the World Bank in New Zealand. Nothing much going on no, there. No, no, not uh, expecting anything there. No, uh, no change yeah. in rates. Uh, we've then got the first sort of GDP reading, reading uh, here in the UK, uh, Q1, and also the monthly data. And the monthly data, well. It's something that we've never used to be looking at because it's only in the last year that they've started to release that sort of data. Uh, but you know, that, sh that sums it up. It's not. It's not a good graph. <laughs> um, but our, our quarterly data expectation of minus two and a half percent, Adrian. Well, it's bad. A bit like the German data I'm about to talk about as well on Friday, but uh, ain't as bad as what's to come in the second quarter, which will be a lot worse. Uh, horrendous. So yeah. I'm not sure what weight they're going to give us. Maybe if this number's worse than two and a half percent, a negative two and a half percent, they'll factor in an even worse number for Q2. But uh, ook, uh, not brilliant. Um, Jay Powell, uh, two o'clock, Adrian Fed Chair speaks. Uh, that's uh, yeah. Jerome Powell, the uh, chairman of the Federal Reserve, the US Central Bank, um, talking about economic challenges facing the central bank. Wow, I wonder how long that's going to go on for. Uh, that could hmm. be a four-hour speech. Uh, hopefully it won't be, but uh, to say there are challenges, wow, incredible. I don't know what else they can do, actually, as a central bank. This is when he earns um, his money, huh? Wow, gosh. Took, I mean, I, you know, you thought Ben Bernanke was given a bit of a hospital pass, but uh, poor old Jane yeah. He probably thinks, God, I wish I could be back where I was. <laughs> <laughs> Not only has he got the economy to deal with, he's got... Donald Trump to deal with as well. <laughs> wow. Uh, that, uh, definitely. Um, anyway, Thursday, uh, initial claims. Uh, it, it's just something that we're... Um, uh, weirdly, it's not even a... That, see, that's the sort of thing I would be highlighting uh, in red, but it's... Um, Forex factor in their wisdom haven't. Uh, but initial claims, weekly data that is very much in the spotlight these days. So that's something the market will follow. Uh, it is declining uh, in terms of the number of claims. So gosh, we were up at sort of five, six million uh, a month ago, but uh, uh, it's still horrendous. More claims every uh, week. So uh, whatever the expectation, it'll be sort of maybe two between two and three million maybe um, uh, this week, but there's been no... Uh, I don't believe they haven't got a, a consensus just yet. Um, Bank of England, we've also got um, uh, Mr. Bailey, the new, see, people forget we have a new governor of the Bank of England um, who uh, will be talking on uh, f on Thursday. Uh, I'm just trying to look at what, he, what he's going to be talking about, but uh, maybe he's just, um, just shooting the breeze. Uh, let's yeah. have a look. Um, I don't know. Click on you. Can, yeah, it, we don't have any detail. Oh, actually, we do. He's participating in a webinar. Well, that's what everyone's doing. Um, but he'll be talking about central bank policy, I'm sure. But anyway, not on our podcast webinar, unfortunately. We'll have to raise <laughs> yeah. our profile a bit first. But, for it, that. but the feedback just says he's participating in a webinar. Maybe, yeah. maybe he's doing a Zoom meeting with his mates. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, there we go. Uh, Friday. Uh, let's just hop to. Friday, just to finish off here, yeah. Adrian. Um, we got the first quarter GDP reading. Uh, sorry, uh, it is the first quarter GDP reading for the Eurozone, but it is the second reading. It's not actually listed here, but it is coming out. The Eurozone as a whole, so that includes all 26 six states or seven states, 27 states. Um, 3.8% is what was a negative 3.8% was what has been recorded in Q1. Uh, Possibly it could be worse. Um, 
We've also got the German one, which you've highlighted, uh, slightly better than the UK of 2.5, but 2.3% negative. That's the worst reading in uh, Germany since the financial crisis. And likewise in the UK, in Germany, it's going to be getting a lot worse in Q2, uh, a lot, lot worse. Uh, and then we have in the afternoon, uh, US retail sales, core retail sales, uh, again, uh, excludes certain volatile components, um, 8%. Wow. Uh, and that's still getting worse as well. So uh, not not great reading for anyone. But no, do you know, with the market just likes to see red uh, actual numbers. So if they beat the consensus, if we're expecting eight percent fall and it only falls seven percent, the market will think that's a result. Yeah. yeah. But you know, yes, I, exactly. I, I, Adrian, it's what happened. What's happening with companies that's going to really matter? And we've got some results out this week from the likes in the UK, the likes of Vodafone big company uh Tui travel gosh just two would be interesting because you know it was uh, only last year that thomas cook went uh went bust yeah. and you know into administration and you kind of think well they probably rubbing their little mitts together uh, at well, that, uh biggest, I, think, I think they are a little more yeah. resilient but uh yeah. and then look at the eu look at the, some of these german stocks deutsche telecom probably done okay but tissen krupp and alstom i mean you know that's I just, I don't know. I just think those companies will will be struggling. It's like the the, the heavy engineering companies uh, and the car companies. You just think, what is the likelihood of well, these picking up? It's, you you uh, mentioned um, you mentioned Aston Martin having their results this week, and it was only yeah. a, a few months ago they were doing a rights issue. Um, since they floated what two years ago, they've done pretty badly, and then they had a rights yeah. issue, and because they wanted to help with their you know models in China or something, think. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a not pretty sure. picture, is it? I think Aston Martin. Um, I can't think many people, even the even the even the wealthy, uh, will be thinking about rushing out to buy an Aston Martin at the moment. Maybe no. Jeff Bezos, but he, he's got spacecraft. Why does he need an Aston Martin? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, good. Well, okay. I think is that pretty much everything, Jerry? Uh, yeah, that's the calendar for this week. Um, a little lighter okay. than last week. Good. Well, um, that is uh, pretty much much uh, pretty much it from us uh, this week. So hopefully you enjoyed the session. Um, remember that uh, we do these uh, trading podcasts every week. You can uh, listen to us on uh, iTunes. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, on Spotify. Just search for the Trend Signal podcast. Leave a review. Leave a comment where you can. That will be uh, fantastic and well received as long as it's nice uh, comments, of course. Uh, you can watch and listen to us on YouTube as well, or you can go to our lowly website on trend-signal.com uh, slash trendsignal-blog, uh, and you can tune into us there. Um, plus, um, every week we do some live trading webinars. Uh, we don't have the governor of the Bank of England, unfortunately, but um, uh, myself and my colleagues, we, we, we're teaching, we're training uh, new traders uh, with our trading strategies. In our sessions this week, we're going to be teaching three simple steps, uh, three simple rules, helping to boost your trading so identifying trends turning points momentum all that good stuff to help pick up some fantastic trading opportunities and we'd love to see you online in one of these special events so why don't you tune in um, i'll read out the short link uh, to do so you can go to bit.ly so bit.ly slash learn ts ts for trend signal so bit.ly slash learn ts but get yourself booked in select an event uh, this week we'd love to see you online and everybody happy trading and uh, we'll see you again next monday bye bye for now yep. bye now